It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 993 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, July the 28th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. And please go to the podcast app of your choice. Subscribe, rate, follow, review, all the things that your favorite podcast app asks you to do to support the podcast you like. Please do that for this year podcast, as well as all the other stuff on the Locked On Network, covering the teams that you love on a local daily basis. Uh, Once again, a reminder, Thursday, we have our live draft show from down in Dallas. We are uh, going television for the first time. It's going to be awesome. You can watch it on Odyssey on your Roku or Fire TV. You can watch it on the Locked On uh, NBA YouTube page as well. It's going to feature John Corrales, frequent guest of this podcast, as well as Raphael Barlow, another frequent guest of this podcast, and Chad Ford on the panel with all the local hosts dropping in. It's going to be really, really great. So go and subscribe to Locked on NBA YouTube channel so you can watch that as it starts on Thursday night. All right, let's get to today's show as we continue the conversation with our pal William Liu from uh, Yahoo Sports, from the Raptors Over Everything podcast. Will, you didn't go anywhere, which is the same recording session we were doing before, but through podcast magic, it's now Wednesday in podcast time. How are you, man? How's your Wednesday going? It's totally different. Uh, you know, I, even though I didn't change my clothes, which is nasty. Um, no, it's uh, it's it's it's. I'm having a totally different day. It's, it's uh, yeah, yeah. We're running a risk recording yeah, a Wednesday on, episode on a Tuesday. Uh, I know because yeah. things could happen, and I'll record a disclaimer if things have happened, but. Uh, today on the show, kind of wanted to, you know, yesterday we talked all about the rumors and everything. Today, just kind of wanted to crystallize our desires and hopes for the Raptors offseason here. Things are creeping up. Free agency is less than a week away is now, uh, less than a week away as well now, too. The draft is tomorrow. It's all very intense and uh, the anticipation is high. And there are so many different ways this could go for the Raptors in the next week or two. And it's very you know, I don't think it's crazy to say it's a very franchise-defining, direction-defining couple weeks here for the team. You get the potential of getting your first, you know, high pick in the draft in a very, very long time. You've got the potential best Raptor in history walking out the door. There's a million things going on. Pascal Siakam's a trade rumors. A bunch of trade rumors are going on, as we talked about yesterday. But let's uh, let's try to dig into it here, Will, and figure out what our sort of ultimate Raptors offseason would look like. And, you know, what do you think would be the path to set the Raptors up on the best chance for success going forward here. You know, I guess we can kind of start with realistic stuff. If we want to get big and go kind of crazy in the back part of the show, we can, but 
let's just start with the draft. You know, we've spent now a month sort of sorting through the two, three, four guys in the draft and thinking about Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Kaminga as guys to reach on and all that. It feels like Jalen Suggs is the most likely to be there at number four. I'm still not predicting anything because when does the draft ever go exactly as you predict? But it seems like if you're putting money on someone to be there at four for the Raptors, Suggs is going to be the guy. Where are you at with Suggs, Will? Are you okay with that pick? Are you really hoping for one of the Green or Mobley duo to fall just because you like them significantly better? Are you eager to trade up? Or are you thinking about Barnes or Kaminga and potentially reaching for somebody? Where are you at with the draft as we are now just over 24 hours away? Um, yeah, so I think I'm still on the, the Suggs bandwagon. I mean, look, mm-hmm. I you know, I came into this draft like completely not having watched college basketball or I mean I watched G League basketball oddly enough because I watched a lot of the Raptors and the Raptors play the, the, the Ignite twice. I got to see Jalen Green twice and, and Kaminga. But um you know, I watched all the videos at that time, looked at all the players, and to me I was like Suggs is the best player out of the three right now of in terms mm-hmm. of the guys I could drop. Sure. And I was like, I'm just I'm rolling with Suggs. So I'm still rolling with Suggs, especially if Kyle moves on, which it seems incredibly likely now. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the number of teams out there interested, whether that's going to be in a sign-in trade or just outright traded or signed. But um, yeah, you take Suggs. If it's, you know, he's a guard who can get downhill, who plays big. He's He is big. Um, I like, I've, I've honestly watched a couple of videos of him just like as a dude, like Slam does a really good YouTube series about this day in the life. And, you know, he seems like a good kid as well. So um, yeah, that's, that's still my, that's still my guy at four. Yeah, I am at the point now where I, I think it's getting too cute if you just don't take him if he's there for for you. You know, Scotty Barnes, I get it. Like the six nine and the playmaking is all very intriguing, but he is a non-scorer entirely right now. He's not. Oh, he can get to the rim. He's not. Oh, he can shoot three. He can do nothing. He's not a scorer in any way right now. And look. Maybe it looks stupid if you don't take him at four and three, four years from now, he figures out how to shoot and score, but that's a lot of learning to do and a lot of things he has to add to his game. And I'm just betting against any guy adding that much stuff to sort of make the leap from what he is to what he could be. Um, Our pal Raphael Barlow from Locked On NBA Draft, you know, I think he made the point on the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, like, you know... Scotty Barnes is viewed as this incredible glue guy, and he made the point where we're taking glue guys in the top four now. Like, what what are we really doing here? I, I think Suggs very clearly addresses a need. If Kyle Lowry's out the door, I can't think of really a better way to pass the baton off than to give it to a dude who kind of has all the intangible stuff, it seems, in addition to just like very good on court gifts. Like, you know, mm. what did we love about Kyle Lowry? He was a, ma- I mean, other than everything, you know, he was a master pick and roll operator. The Raptors don't have that currently on the roster if Kyle's going to go. And Jalen Suggs is a very good pick and roll operator. He sees the floor incredibly well. He can set up his bigs. He can set up shooters. Like he can just survey and just feed dudes and kind of keep the offense humming like that and realize, oh, it's this guy's turn for a touch and all of that. Like, that's important. If you're going to have Kyle walking out the door, you want to replace that skill set in some way. And this isn't saying Suggs is going to be that from day one. That would be unfair to say. But, like, he kind of profiles as a guy who can be that very steady, like, he's your lead guard and you feel very comfortable with him running your offense. Is he going to be, you know, a number one, like, super-duper star, top five guy in the league one day? Probably not. You'd bet against anybody becoming that. But I I think... With what the Raptors need, and just considering the fit next to Fred Van Vliet as well, and what Fred doesn't do so well, and what he does do well, I just think it's a really, 
perfect marriage if you can get Suggs there. And I think it's just getting too cute if you're going to reach down. You know, there's reports of the Raptors potentially trading down with the Thunder today from Jake Fisher on Tuesday, at least, who things could have changed by now. But like, to me, it, that only is a thing you do if you really are sold on Scotty Barnes and you want to get an extra asset. Like, I don't think you take Barnes at four. I think that's silly. I think you just, you, you, it's just a waste of the position that you have. You're not using your leverage properly if you just reach on the guy who clearly the Thunder and the Magic are pretty excited about. Uh, it just it doesn't seem like a smart move to me. So I, I think Suggs is the move. It just, it, it's so. It's one of those things where it feels so obvious and like simple that the number of days between the lottery and the draft kind of make you overthink things and kind of reevaluate things too often. Whereas I think true. most people on the night of the draft was like, oh shit, Jalen Suggs is going to be a Raptor. That's awesome. I still think that's true. And hey, look, maybe Mobley falls. I'm super intrigued by Mobley for sure. I think Mobley potentially makes it more likely that Kyle could stay as well, which you know certainly appeases me as someone who does not want to see Kyle Lowry go anywhere, even though it seems like a reality we should resign ourselves to. But you know, if we're going most likely outcome here, Suggs being the pick, there's nothing wrong with that. And I just think it's uh, it's a really good marriage between player and team. And I just, I- I'm okay with that. All right, we got a little bit more coming up with Will Lou as we continue to sort through our ideal Toronto Raptors offseason. Lots of Kyle Lowry talk coming up. We'll get to that in one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who are making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. They have nine delicious flavors in their regular lineup. They also have bonus flavors that pop up from time to time over on the site. But among the regular rotation, you've got delicious options like mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, and cherry barcia. You may not know what your favorite flavor is. That's okay. You can get yourself a mixed box. You get two of each of the nine flavors, and you can decide which one you want to buy a box or a crate or truckload in full of. Uh, all of the bars, of course, are great tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, so it can help you power you through a workout. Go to uh, Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all good for you. It makes you feel like you're cheating when you're not at all. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's continue on here with William Liu as we continue to dive into our ideal Toronto Raptors offseason. Enjoy. Um, In terms of free agency stuff, will like kyle obviously is the big thing here and we should start there and then we can kind of dig into some potential targets with cap space in the event he does leave but I want to check the temperature on kyle with you are you currently you know hoping that he sticks around are you hoping that he goes to somewhere where he can pursue a title like what's your sort of read on the kyle situation right now it feels like when the season ended i would have said it feels like 50 50 he's gonna stay now it feels more like 80 20 that he's gone just because of the number of teams clearly lining up to potentially pursue him you know do you see a world in which he's back like what's your read on the kyle situation right now as we're just under a week away from free agency 
Um, yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of thought all along that, that Kyle would move on. Um, I mean, the Raptors were like fully like ready to trade sure. him at the deadline, so mm-hmm. like he was basically this is something that already should have happened. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's great that all these teams are interested in Kyle. It does make it a little curious to me why these teams weren't as um, I don't know, invested in trading for Kyle the deadline. Because they're cowards, Will. They're runs. cowards. They're definitely cowards. And they're just not good in terms of managing because they weren't able yeah. to assess the situation, assess the landscape, look at... First off, anybody could have searched up 2021 NBA free agents list and go by position and you look at the guards. And whether that was, the, you know, during the season, now, during the playoffs, you know, this idea that, oh, you know, Chris Paul would have, you know, oh, because Chris Paul did so well, we got to do all this which is like, what a ridiculous idea. You know what I mean? Like, oh, teams only realized that point guards were important as after they <laughs> saw Chris Paul, you know, okay, uh, in year 16, no less. But, mm-hmm. like, Kyle was always going to be very valuable. So holding on to his bird rights was valuable. That's what the Raptors assessed was like, look, even if we don't keep him, the, the bird rights with Kyle is going to be more valuable than whatever, you know, basically bullshit that they were getting offered from sure. teams at the deadline. And so – from the team's other team's perspective, if you had Kyle in this position, for example, you would have his bird rights. So you would you, a you would have been able to recoup the large percentage of what you would have traded out the door to Toronto in the first place. And the second of all, you could either keep Kyle or you can you know um, at least they could be in the position to sign and trade Kyle. So I mean, I I think Kyle is probably going. You know, I mean, the Raptors have signed Fred long term. They've mm-hmm. drafted. Um, Malachi, you know, if they draft Suggs, which is, you know, still very likely here in the fourth pick, you really just can't bring in Kyle and expect to have any minutes for anybody, period. So, you know, yeah, Uh, I think that's something sort of that's been in the cards for a while. And honestly, I just hope Kyle lands in a good situation where he's really well paid Mm -hmm. according to what he does, because he's still a fantastic player. He's such a you know, he's his level hasn't really dropped off at all. I understand that he's not maybe like 2016 Kyle but he's just as good of a job as anybody in the NBA in taking care of his body which is such a wild thing to think about because remember that one time he got skinny is felt Kyle in 2015 yeah it was like I don't know it was like it it was it broke Raptors Twitter at least nowadays we just accept that Kyle is like one of the most fit athletes in the world Mm -hmm. and that so good for him man he's worked really hard and on and i looked at it the other day he's gonna make 250 million dollars in his career when it's all said and done that's amazing <laughs> yeah so. that is pretty awesome yeah i, I mean it yeah. is a t- difficult thing right because i just personally i watch basketball for more than just like the playoff outcomes and the idea of watching kyle lowry play for the raptors for a couple more seasons even if it's not like a title contending team really appeals to me and i'm like yeah sure pay him what do i care it's not my money and they're not gonna win a title in the next couple of years anyway so might as well watch kyle while they're doing it at the same time i think there is potentially and i think i made this analogy before but you know it kind of does feel almost like a tv show where you could get mm-hmm. out and end the run at like a perfect point after like six or seven seasons but then oh no we have to do two more seasons of this thing for national cable just because it's you know people like it and then you kind of spoil it right like i could see mm-hmm. there being a world where because raptors fans are insane and because age is a thing you, you sign kyle for the three years 90 million it seems like he might get which is good for him and good god congrats to kyle but if you sign up to that deal, maybe by year two or three, you're sitting there like, oh, maybe this is like, maybe wasn't the best use of this money in cap space. And maybe the team could have gone in a better direction to set themselves up further for the next five years or so. 
I'm kind of torn with it. I, I think also there's a world in which Kyle's just really good for the next two years and you don't feel bad about paying him at all. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to have some draft fortune and maybe Mobley falls to you some way or you trade up some way and get Mobley, like that's where I think Kyle sticking around makes more sense. Like you get to, you know, Kyle to work with a big man, you know, learn, teach him how to score and catch lobs and all that stuff. And I could see that being a better sort of fit, but yeah, if Suggs is going to be the pick, they've still got Trent. They got to pay. The backcourt's going to be crowded, and maybe there's not the room there. And maybe it is kind of the perfect time to just like rip off the bandaid and go forward, which is really, really depressing to think about because I don't want to watch Kyle Lowry anywhere else, and I want to see Kyle come back and play in Toronto with Toronto for his first time since the the title defense season and all that. Like it is. Um, Goodbyes are difficult, Will. It's uh, change is not fun. I don't like going through change, even though you know the change happens, and then maybe it's not so bad. In you know, you realize okay, in two months from now, like things are doing all right, and the team looks pretty good going into next season, and they're kind of reloading a little bit. Uh, you know, it's um, it's tricky. Do you have a favorite location for Larry? I know New Orleans is clearing out all the money. Uh, they seem mm-hmm. like they're going to go after him hard. You know, obviously the Sixers, the Heat. Like, is there a team where you're like, yeah, I could kind of get on board. That will cushion the blow to the emotions if you were to go to that team. Um. Well, okay. On Kyle's behalf, I would say I think Philly makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. He would get to be home. He's obviously such a family-oriented guy. He wants a situation for his kids to be permanent. That makes total sense. He could be home year-round, be around his kids. It's perfect. Um, selfishly, Sixer Twitter, horrendous. Like an actual <laughs> like acid bat. Like um, it, it's it is just a freaking wasteland. So. I don't like them. And the mm-hmm. only thing worse than Sixers Twitter is Heat Twitter. Mm. Heat Twitter yeah. is obscene. Uh, <laughs> it, obviously, the Heat have had a lot of success, so people get arrogant. We saw the Raptors won one title. We got very arrogant. That's true. The Heat Twitter is just its just nasty. It's really, it's really nasty. So I don't want to have to deal with those two teams. Like, imagine all right, a situation where the Raptors are playing the Sixers or the Raptors are playing Miami. And it's a late in the close game. Pascal has the ball, unfortunately, in a two-point game with the game on the line. And Kyle Lowry <laughs> takes a charge. Okay? And that hurts. That hurts right? your heart. But then you turn on your phone and you go to that little bird app. And people on there are saying Kyle Lowry over everything from, like, uh, five reasons heat or whatever the hell that thing mm-hmm. is. Or, like, the right to Ricky Sanchez says Kyle Lowry over everything. I honestly will throw away my phone. Like I would, I, I, I just need, I've just become, you know, offline, I guess, permanently. So yeah, um, yeah I, it's for those reasons. Yeah. New Orleans. Cause we don't have to see him that often. And um, yeah. you know, maybe the vibes will be good in New Orleans. Who knows? It'd be, I mean, it'd be fun to watch New Orleans with Kyle, like running point guard with, or running point with um, Zion running the wing <laughs> Ingram as a go-to scorer. You know, JV I, baby, the, the JV of him and JV. Come yeah. on, come on. Is, was is anyone made the on point yesterday? Yeah, was, was huh? you made the point yesterday about uh, how like JV Hive will have a renaissance and get mad at Kyle oh, for not no. passing to him enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, no, I, I've uh, I've stepped away from that. It's like it's really like a poking a horn. That actually might be worse than Heat <laughs> and Sixers Twitter is the JV <laughs> Hive corner, but. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, that team does, won't play any defense, but they'll have... Honestly, they should be one of the best offensive teams in the league. Yeah. Um, well, at least top five. Yeah. And, yeah, it'd be great. So, I mean, they have yeah. zero depth, though. Like, 
Not at all. Yeah, it'd be pretty rough. You'd have like you'd I think they'd have to renounce Josh Hart to give Kyle like the full thirty mil. If they could get him for twenty five, yeah. they could keep Josh Hart, which I think would probably behoove them because yeah. uh, you know, a uh, Lowry, Hart, Ingram, Zion, Jonas starting five. Yeah, mm-hmm. no one's stopping anybody. No shooting. But, yeah. You have at least one defender to throw on somebody, I guess. Um Yeah. The, New Orleans is fun. I, I like New Orleans, I'm a big King Cake Baby fan and all that stuff. I think that'd be a kind of fun combination. You get some fun Lowry King Cake Baby content somehow. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's just not, start King Cake you. Baby like, at the uh, two. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but I, honestly, I got to say, I felt gross about this. But last week when those rumors were around, that I, this is entirely unattainable thing for the Lakers because they don't have any money. But if they were to pull off the Lowry and DeMar team up, I'm sorry. I'm rooting for the Lakers. I feel disgusting about it. I won't enjoy it, but I'm obviously rooting yeah. for that team to win a title. Duh. Like, I, I don't know. That's kind of like, if it's not going to be the Pelicans, I would much rather be the Lakers than some team the Raptors have to but play a bunch of the Eastern Conference. The Lakers don't actually have a viable path to get caught. No, no, not I'm at all. I'm sorry, but no. the Raptors are not, yeah. <laughs> not taking KCP and Kyle Kuzma. As I've already compared, like, it's they're the. Yeah, you know the Lakers are just like walking around offering people KCP. It is, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's. Uh, I don't know, man. Say no to drugs. <laughs> say no to KCP. All right, we now have uh, another sponsor to bring you before we finish off the conversation with Will, and that is our pals over at RockAuto.com, who are saving you money when you go to the mechanic. I can't tell you enough about how great rockauto.com is i've used them before i one time needed a gas pump for my or a gas cap for my car it fell off my car and i was like oh i need a gas cap and the dealership was like that's going to cost you 30 dollars." and i was like that doesn't seem like it should be what that costs it's just a little piece of plastic guess what i went to rockauto.com got a gas cap for four dollars four dollars you should definitely be using rockauto.com when you need parts for your car they're just saving you money. They've been a, uh, doing it for over 20 years. They're a family business, They've, and they're serving customers with reliably low prices with everything you need, you know, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpets, whatever it is, you can go to rockauto.com, navigate their super easy and intuitive catalog, and find the parts that you need. Go and explore their website today, and don't just suffer the mercy of the mechanic who's going to charge you the exact price, the high price for the one part they probably have in stock to put into your car. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back to the conversation. Finishing things off with Will Liu with a look at our ideal Raptors offseasons and the players we would like to see Toronto add to the mix between now and uh, I guess two weeks from now. Here we go. Uh, So we talked about Kyle. That's sort of the big 
domino to fall in free agency. And, and let's just work under the assumption that he is going to be gone. And there's cap space to work with for the Raptors. There are a few names sure. who floated out there. Jared Allen's been rumored. Rashawn Holmes is going to be one of the big names on the market and is a little bit easier to attain because he's a UFA. John Collins is out there. Alonzo Ball. Like, there's lots of different things the Raptors could do with that money. And, you know, I think, like I kind of alluded to earlier talking about Kyle, like, there's an argument to be made that it's actually the better path for team building going forward and sort of fleshing out the roster and balancing out the roster, which there's not a lot of roster balance at the current moment. So let me ask you, Will, the Raptors have 23-ish million dollars worth of cap space. I think that's what they're projected to have. What do you do with it? What's your top target? Who you're throwing it at first? What's your dream outcome for the Raptors and their cap space this summer? Besides Giannis. Yeah, that, that's off the table, unfortunately. Um, I mean, look, listen, there's this guy, you know, he's kind of quiet, but, uh, you know, has has won <laughs> two championships, two finals MVPs. He's a free agent. Kawhi Leonard, come back to Toronto. This is the time, baby. I know you're hurt. Okay. I know you're not happy with the six, uh, the, the medical staff or whatever. I, I, I don't know. To be honest, I have no idea. Um, come to Toronto. You will be rehabbed. In the hands of God himself, Alex McKechnie, <laughs> putting those little stretchy elastic bands on you, making you do these weird little X exercises that we used to watch at the arena all the time. Come back to talk. No, I'm kidding. I mean, you know, short of that, I, I think um, addressing the center position would really help. I mean, if you could sign Jared Allen to like, I mean, look, realistically, this, the Cavs probably match. But yeah. if you can get Jared Allen to something like a four-year, $80 million deal. I'd be pretty happy with that. I think he addresses some really key concerns for the Raptors. Um, he is a lob threat. He puts pressure at the rim, which is really going to help because uh, let's say you have Fred, for example, driving downhill. Fred himself as a downhill threat, mm-hmm. not you know the most threatening. Yeah. You know, it's uh, <laughs> He's really threatening yeah. to pass out to a shooter, that's for sure. Really good at that. Actually, mm-hmm. really good at that. But the actual making the layup part is very difficult for him. Getting a guy who can also put downhill pressure is really going to help him on that in that on those roles. Really good rebounder. Really good shot blocker. Uh, actually, a decent passer as well. You can mm-hmm. run some dribble handoffs, some of that with Jarrett. Uh, you know, has stayed mostly healthy. Seems like a cool guy. You know, yeah. The vibes the are vibes pretty good from that guy. Yeah, yeah. Just just for Katie alone, we should get Jarrett Allen on this team. And, um, <laughs> No, I mean, like, I, I realistically, I don't think that that will be a deal that forces Cleveland to, to, to say no. But then again, Cleveland is also one of the most erratic front offices in the league, so maybe it happens. You never know. Yeah, I think Allen. I think in like a vacuum is like a wonderful target. Like you said, the the rim pressure, the vertical threat that the Raptors have like never had. You know, I guess Biombo threw down some lobs that one year, and Bebe kind of did. But oh, like, those are backup J- centers, JV? and Biombo missed half of them to the point of making a like a missed bunny counter on Raptors Republic. So I don't know if it really like that counts as that. JV was a good like role man, but he wasn't really like a consistent vertical threat. I, I just think Allen yeah. fits a lot of those things. And also if you're bringing in Jalen Suggs, having a dude where you can really quickly establish a really dynamic pick and roll partnership would make, make that development easier for him too. I'm sure it would kind of just kind of help grease the wheels a little bit. The problem is, like you said, the RFA thing and getting Cleveland to not match, you're probably setting yourself up because you have to make that a prohibitive deal for Cleveland to match. And so you're probably owning yourself a little bit on the back end, right? Like 
whether it's like yeah. a you're giving them 22 23 million a year giving them all of your cap space whether it's you have some weird sort of trade kickers built in or you know it's like a weird ascending numbers or whatever i know the the nets have kind of screwed around with those sort of tricks in the contracts that make them you know not so palatable before you know you're doing that to yourself ultimately if the if the goal is to get cleveland not to match so that's the concern and that that makes holmes just an easier guy to go after ultimately for me if John Collins is at all available, he's the pick for me. Like you just throw everything at John Collins and see if you can get Atlanta to Bach. I think there's maybe a circumstance where you can get Atlanta to Bach because they have so many guys they're gonna have to pay coming up here. Yes, John Collins was like their second or third best player in the postseason, but maybe they can talk themselves into, well, DeAndre Hunter is going to be our second best player soon. We got to pay him. Kevin Herter is amazing. We got to pay him. Got to pay Red Velvet like everything he's worth. Like there's. You know, Kongwu, yes, he's only a year into his deal, into his career, and he's hurt, but like a couple years from now, he's going to be paid. He seems like he's going to be a player. They just have so much on the roster already. It feels like someone's going to have to be a casualty here, and maybe it's John Collins if you can throw a big enough deal at him. I know some Raptors fans are very sort of bristly at the idea of not having a traditional center after this past season where that really didn't go so hot. I'm just so on board with the idea of an OG Siakam Collins like positionless fluid 3-4-5 that I don't really care about the notion of regular centers. They'll rebound well enough, like the defense will be insane. Collins offers scoring that is like I think potentially very valuable as well. You can put it on the deck. He's got the post-up game. Like there's a lot there to like. Where are you at with Collins? Like where would he rank on your sort of list of potential targets? You know, he might not be realistic. Atlanta should bring him back, but if he is out there, is he top of the list or does the lack of sort of traditional center skills maybe put him a little bit further down for you? Yeah, I mean, it does. It, it does. Because I, I really do think the Raptors need a little bit more size here. But I mean, realistically, I think watching the playoffs really did show a couple of things about John Collins. Number one, like pretty good defensive player. I know like there's a lot of knock on his defense. Maybe he wasn't a good defensive player in the past. I mean, it's quite likely considering he's turning 24 in like two months. So, you know, an 18, 19 year old is probably not going to be great at defense, but was basically Atlanta's go-to defender. Of course, there were some injuries, but he did a pretty decent job on that front, had to go against some very physical bruising players. You know, you uh, obviously uh, Randall in the first round, you know, Philly obviously has a number of big forwards. Then he was Giannis guard. So like, you know, he's someone that I think that, has improved improved defensively and I think it was really impressed and of course the offensive aspect of his game is really nice the fact that he can shoot a little bit the fact that obviously he's really athletic he can sort of make a play off the dribble uh mostly against a closed out like he's a he's a nice player I I just you know I I'm it does feel a little bit redundant you're still kind of basically locking your roster into this thing while leaving like a hole and I mm. the, the center thing is still a hole that I, I still for example let's say you go up against you know um, you know, the Sixers in, in the future. Like, I, I still don't know who, for example, would guard Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in that series, it was mostly Capella, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I um, you know, I, I, I'm still very on John Collins' hive. I think he can play totally fine as a reasonable small ball five. And if you have, like, good centers behind him, like, if you have Ken Birch back, if you can maybe find another, like, non-Baines level guy on an exception, like, maybe you can kind of make it work. But I see the the reasons not to do it as well. You know, he's the same size as Pascal, basically. He's skinny, he's frail, and there will be dudes that come across, especially in the East where it's maybe not so tenable. But also, you could potentially play huge and go... Like uh, Fred, OG, Siakam, Collins, and Birch or something like that. And I don't know. That seems pretty fun as well. Um, 
Any other sort of, like, I guess the other part of the offseason is, like, additional sort of, like, maybe second draft guys or dudes who you would get on sort of exceptions to fill in the roster. Doesn't feel like there's going to be a ton of those. Maybe one out there to kind of, you know, supplement the, the bench rotation or whatever it might be. Is there someone out there who you've kind of got your eyes on is like, oh, yeah, they should take a swing on that guy to potentially fill in the lineup here? Um, not necessarily one specific guy. I think... Knowing the Raptors, they'll probably take somebody in who used to be, you know, a higher pick and they didn't re- basically another Stanley Johnson kind of gamble and try to yeah. maybe see if they can salvage, right? you know, maybe one or two of those, you know, to fill in the end of the bench and sort of watch and see how they grow. To be honest, I would really like for them more positionally to sort of take on uh, a backup small forward, someone who plays some power forward as much as like Utah. I'm not even sure Yuta's going to be on the team, although he's been killing it with Japan, so that's great. I'm happy for mm-hmm. him, but hopefully he stays. But I'm not 100% certain that he's going to be there. Um, you know, And even if he is on the roster, if he's going to factor into the rotation, um, if they can just get some more help on the wing, I think that would really would really benefit the team just because um, they're they're thin. And also, if they keep Pascal, Pascal obviously is hurt for the first like month or so, which is not something you would like you need to patch up like it's not like he's out for the season or something and you need a replacement Mm -hmm. but you do need some depth there because we saw every single time the raptors went to the bench last year a that was painful outside of boucher but b like they they just didn't have that consistent wing play i mean like nick shuffled through a lot of guys paul watson got a turn kind of you know utah then stanley you know it's i would you know deandre bembry factor in there as well but I would love to see them at least get somebody, maybe even a veteran in who can do at least one or two things. You know, nothing spectacular, but it's just somebody, especially if you want to be semi-competitive this year, um, you you need an actual bench backup uh, forward. Otto Porter Jr. is uh, like, just see if you can make it work with him type of guy for me. I mean, he's been a very good three-point shooter. You, I'm seeing your face right now. You seem disgusted by the notion. No, I mean, look. <laughs> Otto Porter, I, I remember. Listen, Otto Porter, I have, ne- I have bad memories about because of he. Demar just couldn't do anything with Otto Porter in that fourteen fifteen playoff series. Oh yeah, it yeah. was actually really sad to watch. It, I'm not even kidding. He might have. He had a worse. That was worse than Bubble Pascal. What, what Demar <laughs> was doing against Otto Porter, uh, but that was also like six years ago now, and sure. a lot has changed. I don't know. He hasn't really been healthy in the last few years. That's really yeah. my main concern. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind. Again, we're, it's a minimum you know, deal, we're, right? We're it's like a try to re- reclaim his value type of thing for him. I would yeah. think he's like, made a lot of money. It, maybe he's just like, yeah, let's see if I can make some more money off of one springboard year. Yeah, I mean, this is at the point where you're you're like gone through all of IKEA, and then at the very end, before you go pay, there's that one section where they have like mo- like slightly slash mostly broken furniture you can buy for forty <laughs> bucks. Like that is where we're shopping right now. So Auto Porter firmly is in that bin. See, I could view him as the IKEA hot dog, where you get him for a dollar, and you're like, wow, this only costs a dollar? Unbelievable! This is like fantastic. This is better than most fast food I've ever had. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I- Actually, honestly, I recently had an IKEA hot dog, and those things are way worse than I remember. Costco hot dogs, hundred <laughs> percent better, not even yeah. close. And I think Costco's only like twenty five cents more. So. I gotta get that Costco membership uh, so I can take part. Whenever I have had one, I've been uh, never disappointed. You're right there. Um, so let's just kind of sum it up with this, Will. The ideal Raptors off season. Let's just say three players the Raptors add, whether it's through draft, free agency, you know, the combination of them. What's your ideal? 
Raptors offseason. As it stands right now, subject to change, of course, as our feelings and emotions uh, shift over the next couple days here. But uh, as of right now, recording on Tuesday, uh, uh, publishing on Wednesday morning, what is your sure. ideal Raptors offseason? Yeah, look, I think you you draft Suggs with the fourth pick. Or maybe you do something really dramatic with the fourth pick. Like, let's say getting Shea, for example. I would prefer that. Um, mm-hmm. but that's probably less likely. Sure. Um, you, you you do something great with the fourth pick, whether that's Suggs or Shea. Or, yeah, honestly, even if Mobley drops, I'm fine with that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a center in that can, has some long-term potential here. And I think Jared Allen fits that mold. Whether mm-hmm. that's realistic or not, we'll see. And then the third thing is just get Masai signed. I mean, like, we had this whole conversation. <laughs> as much as I like to discuss Otto Porter or maybe, like, Jermichael Green or, like, oh, you know, like, uh, but get Masai signed. What are you doing? What Start at the top. Who's going to be there... at so tomorrow? The draft is, like, in tech. Well, this comes out Wednesday. So the draft comes out is tomorrow. Yeah. At the end of the draft, the GM speaks. Who is that GM going to be? Is it going to be Bobby who's speaking or is it going to be Masai? You know what I mean? And if it's Bobby, we're going to have some negative vibes. Even though we just taken the fourth pick or whatever, we're, we're somehow going to have negative vibes about getting the fourth pick and taking a great player because we're worried about Masai. So Masai, announce your extension right now uh, <laughs> so that Woodley has to redo this whole podcast and talk about Masai resigning and that this whole recording is null and void. And then let's get that part done because, you know, that's more that's should be item number one, quite honestly. See, I've just been kind of operating under the assumption that he's already signed and they've not announced it oh. because they want to toy with the notably fragile Raptors Twitter fan base. Why? Why would they <laughs> want to do that? What? How does that it's make fun. sense? It's fun to mess with people. I don't know. It's uh, like also Masai is very private. I could see like all of the questions How coming his way. Yo, Maybe no, he's just no, like... listen. That, no, that's a different level of privacy. Whether you're doing this job or not, that needs to be there. You know what I mean? You can't just, I can't just appear on the podcast and be like, hey, and then not say my attribute, like the, the, the company I'm doing the podcast for. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't be like, oh, because I'm private. No, Masai, <laughs> tell us right now that you're signed for life. Okay. You know, MLSC fund uh, Giants of Africa from now until eternity and let's get it going, man. Come on. I would be so much more worried if there were a team out there that seemed like a reasonable landing place for him, but there doesn't. So I just feel like it's uh, they've been focusing on the draft. They're so focused on scouting the draft in depth and making sure they're doing their due diligence that Masai is just... He's so bought in on the future of this team that he's not even thought about his own future. That's how selfless a leader he is. That's where I'm uh, choosing to be uh, in sort of my Mm -hmm. mindset. Maybe just to keep myself sane because, yeah, him leaving would suck. And uh, (laughs) I just I feel like it would have been known by now if he were leaving. Like the draft is coming up. It's all he's been part. He's been at these, you know, uh, maybe all the sightings of him at different workouts have been him working for other teams and we don't know it yet. I don't know, but it feels like he's been there (laughs) on behalf of the Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. He's actually been for the Knicks since 2015, ever since the, the Lowry non-trade. He, uh, you know, every, everything since then has been actually a sleeper agent, a move for the Knicks. I don't know. Um, Will, man, this was great. Glad we could uh, take the time to chat. It was lovely. Uh, where can people check out all of your fantastic work? Yeah, man, look, I'm going to post everything I do So just uh, on Twitter. So just just look for it there, at William underscore Lou. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, I got to ask you, man, what are you going to do for 1,000? That's a big milestone. Congrats, man. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of episodes. <laughs> and like, 1,000 is a to you. lot of episodes. 
Yeah. Like, it's, think about that. You know? Yeah. I don't remember what we talked about on 95% of them. I'm sure it was just like, oh, the Raptors lost a game to the Suns. Let's break it down, baby. Yeah, so, um, somewhere in between but, they won a championship. But otherwise, yeah. you know, kind of. Somewhere eh, you did you one know. in my kitchen uh, in the early days, and you made mm. fun of the fridge contents that I had because uh, my dad had just supplied me with a bunch of homemade salsa. And that became a lot a of thing mild for salsa a bit. in that, in that fridge. Yeah. You just had, yeah. You had <laughs> of, uh, basically tomato paste. Uh, no. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, no, what do you, you gotta do something for a thousand, man. That's, uh, yeah, that's I mean, there'd be some sort of celebratory been... thing. It's kind of a bummer. It might line up with, like, the day Kyle leaves, which would be, I guess, sort of poetic, but... Um, okay. Yeah, well, there'll be something. I, I have to... I have seven episodes to figure out what the celebration will be, but... Uh, right. Thank you well, for look, being listen, part of just, this one, and thank you for being part of like I don't know at least ten of these over the years. You've been yeah. on, on them pretty frequently. Yeah, for sure. And I haven't got anything for this, but um, <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. I guess. But no, I mean, look, listen. Uh, you should you, like you, you should celebrate um, from one from one like obsessive podcaster to another. You should celebrate. <laughs> really done a great job with the show, seriously. And like you know, um, yeah, take some time to yourself because a thousand is a is a huge milestone. You know? Oh, don't worry. I'm taking some time to myself. Uh, by the way, thank you for the kind words. I'm taking my, like, from the draft, I'm doing draft coverage from a hotel room in Halifax before I begin vacation. Uh, and I'll be unplugged until the first day that's, of free agency entirely. That, which that sounds I am amazing. Looking forward to, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's going to do it. Will, thanks so much, man. It was lovely chatting with you as always. Go read and listen to Will over at Yahoo Sports and Raptors over everything. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. Have a good uh, weekend. Have a, Enjoy the draft. Enjoy free agency. We'll, we'll catch up sometime soon, hopefully in person uh, one day, if that's ever allowed again. And, and not just randomly stumbling on each other in, in Hamilton. On the Hamilton Mountain. And, and, I forgot about that. Yeah, just like yeah, a random winter's randomly... afternoon uh, going for a <laughs> stroll and walking by you, I believe, in a green Kia Soul, I believe was the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was a that like was a, a rented car. We mm. we've since purchased a blue Kia Soul. <laughs> 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 Just that Soul Gang over here, uh, unfortunately. All right, that's enough Kia mentions. We have to uh, unless we're talking about the women's basketball team. Uh, we, unless we're getting Ace. paid, we're not uh, mentioning any more Kia. But uh, that's gonna do it. Thanks, Will. We'll talk to you soon, everyone. We'll be back again on Thursday with another episode. I'm going to finish off the mailbag. I got a ton of questions on Monday, uh, and I got a bunch that I'll get to on Thursday morning's podcast, and that'll lead right into the draft. And then Yasmin from Dishes and Dimes is going to pop on after the draft on Thursday night, and we're going to break it all down. So that's what you have to look forward to the next couple of days. Enjoy it. Uh, try to keep yourself sane with all the rumors and all that stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you again on Thursday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.